We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the EB Podcast. I'm your host, Carlo Navas, and with me today, an esteemed panel of our finest analyst members. Uh, we have our StreamB co-founder and 2K coach, Frankie G. What a do? What's up, guys? You know, Frankie, speaking of Streambeat, I know you just did a Spider-Man thing recently. Ugh. I learned today that J.K. Simmons is the, um, played the uh, the newspaper guy in the <laughs> original trilogy. Yeah, yeah. I, I did not know that. I only know J.K. Simmons as a bald person in Whiplash. <laughs> so I, I learned that today on Twitter. And I was like, holy, because I think it's his birthday or something. I was like, holy shit. So I learned something today. He is legitimately one of my favorite actors. Whiplash is so was so good. I'm not like a huge movie guy, so I don't like know a lot of actors. So like I know J.K. Simmons. Also, he played um, a character in Legend of Korra uh, that I love. So I knew yes. him from there. And that. So yeah. So just a small side. Uh, also with me today, we got Kenny. What's up, Kenny? What's up? By the way, um, J.K. Simmons is always going to be Schillinger from Oz to me. I recommend oh. that show. If it's real graphic and just and gross. But it's one of the best shows ever. It's underrated because it's so graphic and gross, but it's a great show. Is but yeah, I'm here. Happy Monday. On Netflix? No, it's on um, HBO Max. Right, we yeah. got to tell the people. We got to, we got to direct the people where to go. Lots of, uh, listen, it's a new year, new, new shows, new stuff going on. Shout out to Attack on Titan. Started again uh, yesterday for fans of that. If you know, you know. Guys, we have tons to talk about today. Um, you know, by the way, rest in peace to uh, Bob Saget and Bob, and uh, Flores's Dolphins career. I like them. <laughs> I know that some people didn't like him. Oh Bob's, my god! What Bob you Saget? Like- obviously a legend. Okay, I, I was like, yeah, I know you weren't a fan of Brian Flores. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, Bob Saget's a, a fucking legend. I love Bob Saget. Really funny comedian too. Uh, yeah, rest in peace. yeah. So rest in peace to the legend. I couldn't believe that that happened yesterday. Um, guys. Heat have their biggest win of the season on Saturday. They go into Phoenix and they absolutely 
I don't even know what the correct verb is. They absolutely, it, it was a statement game, like to the highest degree, not a national TV game, but you know, people in the league and in the know were watching that game. Miami dominated pretty much from the midway in the first quarter onto the end of the game. Uh, it was as decisive a win against the alleged best team in the league that you can have. The Heat now have wins at Phoenix, at Brooklyn, at Chicago, at Utah, at home against Utah, at home against the Bucks twice in a blowout, at home against the Bulls. Frankie, what they're doing this season, undermanned, is absolutely nothing short of stellar. Spoach of the year, man. He's, uh, there's been many years you could make a case for Eric Spolstra that he should have gotten more credit for uh, doing uh, what he did with the big three, for doing uh, with the 30 and 11 squad, uh, for doing more with less, for the, the bubble run. There's a lot of great uh, years in, in Coach Spo's uh, coaching career that he hasn't gotten a single coach of the year is a joke. I know it's not a huge like award. Uh, like you, you can tell who's a great coach without that award. There's a famous joke that you get the coach of the year and you get fired anyways. Like a lot of those <laughs> coaches get fired that same year too. Shout out to the Raptors. I believe that happened to to them. Dwayne Casey. Uh, Dwayne before. Casey didn't win coach of the year. He won like the coaches association coach of the year. Ah, same thing. Ah, he's still coach of the year. But he, but it's 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 a nice year for for Coach Spo to get that recognition, and he's just been fantastic. And Kyle and PJ, as the big offseason additions, um, have led the way. They've been the most consistent players, um, it, not just health wise, but uh, performance wise, and they've led this team to a stellar season so far. Correction: Dwayne Casey did win both Coach of the Year and that stupid. Coaches Association, coach. Yeah, Baker. in my shorts. No, you were totally right. I just, I, I, I just always remember that wrong. Um, yeah, I mean, Kenny, they've been, you know, what Spo has done. I don't think Spo gets enough credit in how he on on the Ducker spot. Nikaya said no team shapes ships like an Eric Spolstra regular season team, and I thought that was like a great way to put it because they went from a heavy pick and roll team to a lot of Jimmy and Bam, you know, a lot of just Kyle spotting up and waiting and maybe triggering one set and then kind of flaring to just uh, a symphony of movement, off-ball screening, a clinic of cutting, of knowing your role. And he has got a lot of these role guys to buy in with Kyle at the throttle, with, with Hero being himself, has rejuvenated Duncan Robinson after a slow start. They have looked night and day and they're different teams, right? Their defense isn't as good as the, the team when everyone's healthy. And I think in the playoffs, you know, the, the style with the stars will prevail. But just, Kenny, the, the way that they were able to reinvent themselves midseason is just, you don't see that a lot in the league. Yeah, Spo is just having, I said on hot, well, hang over time, he's having probably the best season of his career individually. Just going into each game, picking out each team's weaknesses. Like, for example, I also said um, the Suns are the worst team in the league executing against zone defenses. So, so, so Spo 
implemented it, took it back out, went mad sometimes, went zone sometimes, switched the zone around. He's just doing, he's getting creative because he has to with his parent, with his personnel, but it's working. You also have to give credit to PJ Tucker, obviously. And Spoh's also never coached a point guard like Kyle. He had LeBron, who was a floor general, but he had somebody at point guard now who he doesn't necessarily need to score. He can focus 100% on being an extension of him. And so that's also working out. I got to give credit to Spo and I got to give credit to Kyle. And, and PJ, if you, just, you, gotta, you can plug him in anywhere. And he's going to get the job done, whatever job you need him to get done. Kenny, that's one of the things to say that, and Frankie, you're nodding your head. Like what they're getting out of PJ this season is like, I can't even think of a fictional thing you could have asked for out of that spot. Maybe a little more rim pressure. But other than that, the dude is shooting 47% from three. He's putting the ball on the floor and making plays. He, they're using him in the short roll. They're using him as a screener. They're using him as a handoff guy. He's guarding basically one through five, right? They had him on Booker yesterday, did a fantastic job. And, and he guards centers often. The, I just can't – I just get upset when people see how good he's been and are looking like, okay, well, how can we upgrade our four spot? I'm like, is that really the reaction we should have? Start your – start your and bam. <laughs> Bro, what? <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, Carly Tiana says in the chat, wait, Kenny, remember what he said on Hot? He was drinking Tampico then. <laughs> I don't remember much of what I said from my, but I do remember that part. And then everybody's talking about your Wi-Fi. It's, <laughs> it's doing great. Um, man, PJ's been such a revelation. Uh, I mean, we knew what he would bring defensively a little bit. We, you know, but it's hard to expect him to be able at this age to bring that consistent effort and uh, energy and versatility. Uh, you know, he just had a playoff run and, and you, you know, he's got, he's, he played a lot of minutes for the, for the bucks. He played a lot of key minutes, made a lot of key plays. He, he was a big reason they came back in that, in the finals against the Suns uh, because of how well he did on, on Booker. Uh, and he's, he did a great job on uh, the other night. I think he's, he's been everything and more that Spoles kind of dreamed of from that four spot. He's allowed them to continue to play small without giving up rebounding and, and toughness inside. Uh, you know, there's, he's him and Kyle are big reasons why the, the Heat lead the league in charges by almost twice, I think more than twice as many as a second-place team. They're, they're just been outstanding additions to this team on, on both ends. I like what uh, I like what 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 Chad's saying. They're running the offense through PJ freaking Tucker, and it looks like it's always been that way. Tone Speak says that. Like they and and I think you know you can kind of see it a little bit in Yurt as well. They have a really good plug and play for fives that are a little skilled, right? And yeah. while we talked, I'm not going to bring up Yurt's finishing numbers and all that because he had <laughs> I think what his best game of of his career was, you know, uh, with the assist numbers and everything, but you know. With an Eric Spolster team, even going back to Bam, even going back to to Bosch, you know, you put a guy at the high post, you know, at the elbows, you know, uh, at the break, and you either trigger handoffs or you're passing or you're you're running offense through your bigs, right? And your guards play off of it. And when you have skilled bigs or when you have guys that buy into their role and you have a lot of movement and shooting, you know, those guys are going to look really good. And you have a guy like PJ, who's just a really smart guy really smart basketball player. And he's, 
you know, he, he's surveying the floor. He knows what he's doing when, when, when he goes to handoff, knows how to seal his man. He's getting him on the short roll, you know, picking guys apart. The shooting has been incredible. The de- I mean, it's just he's been so good on a value contract for them when their 15 million year guy, $15 million guy this season has been, you know, by all accounts, little, not himself. Duncan Robinson had a great game. And, and I think he's, he's really in the last 10 games, he's really kind of coming back to himself. But you know, when you got to win a title, you got to hit on those value contracts. So it's like guys like Gabe Vincent, guys like Max Struess, guys like PJ Tucker, like you got to hit on those guys, Markeith Morris, right? Dwayne Dedman. They're just getting so much production from their value contracts. And their like top guys haven't really played up to the level other than Jimmy that you think that they can get to. Because I think Bam, by all accounts, has had a little bit of a down year for him. I know he hasn't played a lot, but it's just the numbers haven't looked too too great. I test kind of matches that. You know, Kyle, we know about the shooting numbers, although he's looked fucking fantastic. I mean, what he's been doing is just incredible, but he's never the big scorer in the shooting. So it's like, I, I don't, it's, guys, I, I just don't know. This team is so difficult to talk about because they're doing this without their key guys. And when their key guys come back, they're going to look totally fucking different. Right? And so, right, yeah, but I, I do want to say two things, though. So adding to the point about PJ, I do want to give credit to Savon. She corrected us because I have been saying, that spoke unlocked things in PJ's game. And that may seem true, but not necessarily because when he was in um, Houston, he was playing with James Harden. So his role was just stand in the corner, let James dribble the air out of the ball, try to get 60. If they help on him, be ready to shoot. He went to Milwaukee. It was okay. Let Giannis control everything. Let Giannis attack the basket. If they help on him, be ready to shoot the three. Now he's on a team that runs more of a more of a motion offense. They need they want as many playmakers as possible. So he's getting the he's getting the opportunity to do more things. And Bam, he was having a down down year before he went out, and I do agree with that. But we are overlooking something with him. So we all agreed that the Heat went into Milwaukee last year in the playoffs, and they were exhausted. They just had nothing left in the tank. And so we were excited because they finally got an offseason. They got eliminated. They got an offseason. Everybody went on vacation. Everybody got in the gym. Everybody got their rest. Everybody came back. Bam, went to the Olympics. And so he still hadn't gotten that rest up until this injury. And so now when he comes back, I'm expecting him to be re-energized. His knee will be a little better. And so I do have high hopes for Bam getting those numbers up when he comes back. I mean, the shooting is a little concerning to me with Bam Frankie's at 37% mid-range shooter for the year. It was at 45 the year before. A little bit of a regression. I don't know. You know, and I, I I do like the looks he's getting. Again, I think it's a bit of a small sample and and the ball did change and, he, you know, all that stuff and new role and everything. So I think he's the easiest guy to plug and play when everyone gets healthy because, you know, I mean, I, I think I saw people like, oh, well, you know, when Jimmy and Bam come back, you know, what do we, you know, do they got to move Bam? Or I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, you think Bam can't do what your seven is doing? What the fuck do you mean? <laughs> like, you, it, it's, I, I think the conversation kind of, the, 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 it just gets away from people at times, right? Like, they're really good now. Their yeah. defense is suffering and they basically break up Miami Heat three point record every game. It's pretty insane. <laughs> Yeah, and and there was also Kyle was 
I mean, I, I said this on hot, but do you know, uh, gee, do you know what Bam ranks 12th on the team in? Points? Games played. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, like, he's hasn't been available. He's, uh, like, like you said, Duncan and, and Kyle were, were struggling shooting. That's going to affect all his, his on the court numbers. The, the ball, different role. Like, he, you have to give these guys a chance to figure these out. They're, every player is going to go through a slump unless your name's LeBron James, uh, unless you're like the one of top, top one. Like there's, there's Hall of Fame players. Bam's not at that level yet. He's still growing. He's 24 years old. Bam's only a year younger than you're a year older than you're. And he's been in the league for like five years now. All right. He's having a, a, it was a different role. He's posting up a lot more. He's got any, yeah, his shooting numbers have dipped a little bit, but it's only, he's only played 18 games. He's going to figure that out. And he's been dealing with that hand injury. I'm glad he's finally getting some time to rest, like Kenny said. But we saw at the end of last season, he also had, he was playing with a hand wrap. Uh, and so this is something that's been going on for a while. I don't remember if it was the same hand, but I'm not worried about Bam at all. Like you said, he's the most plug and play guy. I am curious how they adjust with Jimmy more. I would love to see the ball more in Kyle's hand when Jimmy's uh, available. I think Kyle, Jimmy plays very well off the ball with Kyle. Uh, we saw how how um, bouncy Jimmy looked early on, how energet- energized he looked, being able to run in transition, uh, get easy uh, hit-aheads for layups and 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 ones and free throw line uh, attempts, just getting getting those uh, outlet passes. I want that kind of offense, and I think that's more consistent and reliable than having the Heat hit break a uh, three-point scoring record every game. So since December 1st, so that's about when Bam went down, the Heat are first or second in the league in three-point shooting. They're 0.1% off from the Bulls, who are number one in that span. The Heat are also putting up the six most attempts in that span. Only the Bucks, the Rockets, the Hornets, the Jazz, and the Timberwolves are shooting more. All those teams not shooting as well as Miami. Second place is two point two percentage points behind the Heat, which is just a ton in these rankings. So, I mean, the Heat just shooting the fuck ton out of the ball, and they're hitting a ton of threes, and that's you know cut, that's just really the way that they're playing. A lot of motion, a lot of shooting, a lot of cutting, and it's really Lowry, who's an incredibly unselfish kind of guy you know and I, I tweeted this the other day like when they were playing the suns i like they're extra passing the fuck out of phoenix right caleb making that extra pass like they're they're giving up it's the cliche you know giving up good shots for great shots um so uh, that's kenny that's where i'm at yeah and i think that can continue when bam comes back because i know the panel knows this i'm not sure if the whole audience knows but when we talk about gravity as far as spacing and everything else, that's not necessarily only three-point shooting. So when Bam comes back, you're replacing a bad roller with Yurt, who we're not really going to get into because he had a great game. You're replacing him with an incredible roller. And now you have Duncan. I believe he's shooting 41% since his three-point streak broke. You have Tyler. So now if they get into a pick and roll, you have a defender who has to decide between following Bam on a roll or taking care of Tyler as a pull-up threat. And so I think Bam's his adjustment won't necessarily be seamless, but I would say after a game or two, it'll be they'll look great. I'm excited. I think there's so much to look forward to, and 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 Jimmy's so Jimmy's looks like he's going to be questionable for tomorrow. Uh, I'm sorry, a, a Wednesday in Atlanta, a rather long injury report, and I kind of wanted to take some time on the pod to kind of <laughs> talk about who's in and who's out because it's kind of confusing right now. 
So, uh, you know, via Ira Winderman, uh, Heat Report for Wednesday in Atlanta, Bam out, Dwayne Dedman out, Marcus Garrett protocols out, Markeith Morris, who has now entered health and safety protocols, he's out. Uh, Casey Okpala wrist is still out. That's a weird injury. I, I, that's, I, that's, that's a, I didn't know about that one. No, I mean, he, he had the wrist injury, you know, going into the Houston game. And at, at, at one point I thought it was like the heat trying to finagle their way into like not having enough players. And, uh, and, and, and this has been a, this has been an issue for a while and they're thin at, at their front court still. Uh, Victor Oladipo still out. Wonder when he's going to be nearing return. Jimmy Butler is questionable. Uh, we have Gabe Vincent, Udonis Haslam back and available clearing protocols, which I can't believe in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm like, Udonis Haslam rejoining the roster. Thank God. Uh, they need that body because I, for one, am sick of Chris Silva. Oh, yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No, it's 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 been great to see Udonis have these little moments and stretches, and I feel like he energizes the team, not only the arena, but the the elephant in the room, Mario Chalmers. What the fuck, man? When is he gonna get some PT? Spo, we we not even he hasn't even got garbage time. This so is they bullshit. they just extended uh, Kyle Guy for an extra ten day curious when the chomp so they have two extra 10 days they have three they have technically three 10 days they can play with right they have the extra roster spot they have the 15th spot they have the two guys in protocols garrett and and markeith so silva's one of them right now (laughs) of course my camera goes out so silva and kyle guy uh they've re-signed so they still have one to go I hope they give it a Rio. Because they had no fucking problem selling those jerseys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they sold a lot of jerseys, I bet. And they haven't fucking even given let that man sniff the court. The other kid um, kind of sent out a really nice tweet about the Heat um, saying how like he was really thankful to, to represent their organization they and everything. Huh? Hey, hey, what? Yeah, I forgot his name. I was, I was like, I was like <laughs> scrambling to look for it. Listen, this is that kind of season, man. So, you know, they play against Atlanta on Wednesday and then at home against Atlanta on Friday. You kind of hope that Rio can get a chance. Hopefully they sign him to a second 10-day. I don't know that they'll do that. I hope that they will. Maybe they just want to do right by him and give him a game in front of the fans. Got to. 
I mean, I, I would like that. You know what I mean? I think we'd all be happy, you know, um, who knows, but you know, the, that's going to be something to monitor. I think his, I think his 10 day comes out expires today or tomorrow. I think tomorrow, right? I so, tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. It was a 20, was it the 26th that they I don't remember. Well, cause he signed the deal. I think a day after they announced it so that they, they had delayed it. Um, so we got to see about that. They they have a lot of moving parts right now. I do think that Haslam playing for Silva is something that I want. I don't know about you guys, Kenny. I'm very over the Chris Silva experience, and I would really just like UD to play ten minutes and then just that be it. Yeah, and it kind of sucks because Chris Silva seems like such a great person, but it's just he just doesn't. He gets lost a lot of times. He makes a lot of boneheaded plays, and he is. Another problem is he is an energy guy. So in his first stint, him coming in, providing that energy that he would really need. But now they have Caleb who does and who also has skill, who can also suddenly shoot this season, great defender. And so now there's no real need for Chris Silva in that sense. So now he's just kind of out there trying to figure out the basketball side of it. It's just not looking good. So Chalmers just did expire. I think it might have been yesterday that it expired. So. They, oh, it would appear shit. that they haven't renewed it, which appears unlikely. Bullshit. Um, so there we go. Yeah, that sucks for him, too, because he was supposed to be replacing Kyle, and then Kyle got better after, like, a couple of hours. Man, we had so much fun over a dude that did not play a single game. And Gabe came <laughs> back, and Kyle, and Kyle Guys played well, too, so they had a reason to re-sign him for the 10-day. I got kind of upset when people were like, oh, so should we, like, cut Caleb or oh, cut Marcus Garrett? For Kyle Guy, and I'm like, whoa, 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 It was a ha hoops editor, I think it's uh Surya, Surya Fernandez that tweeted that. Um, I'm like, can can we don't? Why do we got to do this? You know what I mean? Like, what's so for one, they don't have to. They can convert Caleb with us, which they're gonna do anyway. Caleb is a Heat player. He's not. He's not a 10-day guy. He's never seen Sioux Falls. So they're going to convert him. Then they'll have a spot to give to Marcus Garrett. So they don't have to get rid of him. And I like Kyle Guy a lot. But this is a very – they have a lot of guards they can use. And then they, then they already have Marcus Garrett in the pipeline. And so I understand he has his offensive struggles. He's not a great finisher. His ball handling can tighten up. But that's why he's in the development pipeline. And you see him on the other end on defense. There's so much potential there that he can't get rid of that right now for a guy who's had a couple of good games. I'm glad Alf is here to join us. Alf, keep hey. Twitter president Alf. Alf, we're talking about that tweet earlier of the day. It was Michael uh, Matt Pineda, not not Surya Fernandez. I apologize to Surya Fernandez. Wow, that's right. Not, it feels racist. Not put that evil on you, um, Michael P- uh, Matt Pineda. Um, who is a writer for Hot Hot Hoops, not the editor. I apologize. <laughs> Tweeted out at 12.50 p.m. today. Would you rather, Would you be in favor of the Heat letting go of Marcus Garrett if they can sign Kyle Guy to a two-way deal? Alpha, I was talking about how fucking ridiculous that is. <laughs> Kyle Guy had one good game. His little goofy hair was flopping around, and everyone's ready to move on from a kid who clearly has, like, a talent that is really valuable in the league. Yeah, I mean, it, we got to stop doing this. Like... It yes. takes away from the enjoyment of like watching a 10-day 10, 10, 10 guy go nuts and then you say bye. Like, 
thank you, Kyle Guy, for your service. But like, we just we're overdoing it with so many of these guys. Like, there's guys back end of the rotation guys, that, guys that are not going to play playoff minutes. You got fans wanting to start them, and I'm not going to go into the yurt hate. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Because like I'm enjoying watching yurt, it's fun. Like it's a, it's a fun thing. And then there's like you have a nice fun thing, and it's like fucking Lenny from A Mice and Men. Oh, cute yurt, cute yurt. Start yurt, start yurt, start yurt. You're gonna fucking kill the guy. Like what are we doing? Like chill. Like you just you killed the fucking bunny. Are you happy? Alf, I was saying earlier how like people were like, oh, you know, like when Jimmy and Bam come back, like what are we gonna do about Bam in the lineup? I was like, you think Bam can't do what Yurt's doing? What the fuck is Yurt doing? That's yeah. so special. <laughs> he doesn't point the same way Yurt does. Oh <laughs> Yurt is every, every time I see him in transition, I'm just seeing he's pointing at the guy. Uh, we know Yurt. We know. Run your ass back here. That's the move, though. When you know you're not gonna make it, you kind of point to make it seem like okay. At least he's communicating. Yeah. The, the Suns had a three on three, and and Yurt was was in position to pick somebody up, and he just kept pointing and and pick somebody up that was in the that was still in the backcourt, and it went from a three on three to a three on two, and the Suns got a layup. Like, so I, I do want to address something really quick in the chat. Somebody said Yurt rebounds with like ellipses, like it's kind of a shady thing to say. You don't remember how Bam was rebounding when the season started when they put him in a drop. Yurt's rebounding like that. He is a good rebounder, but he's also not switching onto the perimeter. It's not like Bam can't rebound. Like that. Works, just, but the Heat were a good rebounding team. Yeah, when Bam was on the floor. Like they were, they were crushing dudes on the board. So the rebound numbers weren't as gaudy, but it was he was still getting double figure rebounds. No, he you're, was, you're, at the end of the year, he was averaging tracks. He was well, averaging two. Yeah, first of all, Yurt just gets all of his misses. Like, that's another thing we know. He still a lot of rebounds, too. <laughs> like, he, but he's a good rebounder. Like, okay. And I like, and that's the thing. I don't want to do the, the, the hating on Yurt stuff because, like, this, there's a lot of low hanging fruit with Yurt. The pointing, you know, the, <laughs> the field goal percentage around the rim for a seven footer that is abysmal. The fact that everybody wants him to be a stretch five and he's hit one three pointer in his entire NBA fucking career. All that aside, he has been really good for what he is, you know? Like, he has played above his head. And when a guy does that, you can't do nothing but clap for him. You know what I mean? But when we just talk about rebounds, 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 like, individual rebounds is such an overrated fucking stat, okay? 100%. Like, I'm so, like, rebounding as a team is very important. But who gives a fuck who gets the rebound? Like, it doesn't matter who on your team. As long as the Heat get a rebound, and yeah. maybe it's because um uh bam was out on a, on the perimeter hit a switch and fucking denied access to the paint right and then you know you got all the guys boxing out you have good rebounders all over this team from their position you don't need 16 rebounds out of your center like just that the number of rebounds for one individual player just don't fucking matter that much but that being said i like your he's fun a fun guy but stop fucking killing your rabbits I, I, and if you've never read of Mice and Men, that's very rabbit. confusing to you. Rabbits. Read kids have to still read that. I read that in high school. I don't. And know. I love Yurt. I've always, I've always, from, since day one, I watched him in summer league. I like Yurt's potential and everything. But what we can't do as a fan base is we can't have all these Hassan jokes and then start all <laughs> over with just praising raw rebound. That's what I said on the timeline, and everyone got mad at me. Now, Yurt is not Hassan. Yurt seems like that. a good person. But He's I said not we dumb. Should, we but, should have learned our lesson. 
No, yeah, yeah we but do. we have to look at more than just the raw rebounder numbers. We've been in a situation before. We have e, watched E five arrow says of my cement was trash. Well, whether well, just learn the lesson, all right? <laughs> we've watched um we've watched the heat year after year now, ever since Hassan left without a rim protector. I fucking hate that term, by the way. <laughs> How about you just don't let people get to the rim? Better. That's way better. Because by the time they're at the rim, even if you have a great rim protector, odds are they're going to make the basket because NBA players within three feet of the rim are really fucking good, except for Yurt. Um, <laughs> but we've watched year after year the Heat be one of the best paint defenses in the league without the so-called seven-foot rim protector. With Bam out of bio as their big man, all of a sudden Bam's not a center. They can't protect the rim without a seven-footer. They need a legit big man next to Bam. None of it makes any fucking sense. Like, we've watched them deny access to the paint for years now. Like, nobody gets in the paint on this team. But all of a sudden, like, we, you know, you need an elite rebounder. You need a seven-footer in the paint. Bam is too small. Too small for what? <laughs> to beat the shit out the Sixers every time they play? Like, that, well, that's what stop. got me in like, Kenny's mentions. Oh, yeah. And the thing also, I think people look at rim protection as just block shots. Yeah. And that's not... You can be a great shot blocker and a horrible rim protector. The same we can be, a, we can have a high steal number. Yeah, same we can have a high steal number and be a bad defender. Like Allen Iverson was. It's just because okay, you can get four blocks in a game, but if you gave up twelve points on dump passes because you wanted those blocks, <laughs> you, you, it's you not, left your feet and it was yeah, not a pass behind your back, Hassan. <laughs> I mean, blocks. Uh, what's a Cal AU in the stat says blocks are a bad stat. It means you let someone get to the rim. Thank you. I got yeah. this whole this now some some teams funnel to a big by design. Yeah, like Utah, right? like Utah, yeah. like Utah, and that's that is their way the way they play, and that's fine. But he'd have been so successful defensively without doing that. I don't understand this whole idea because I heard you guys talking about earlier people trying to take PJ Tucker out the starting lineup. Yeah, that's what that's what we started the show yeah, with. Right. Like, what, what more do you want? So Alf, I actually have something to back up. I got a little Alf's eye test for you. They need our third in allowed uh, shots at the rim. So they only allowed 29.9% of opponent shots at the rim. That's tied for that's tied for second place. They're behind Golden State by 0.7. Wait, Golden State with the other legitimate uh, seven-foot rim stop? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Draymond Green, you know, noted rim protector. Oh, um, no, Draymond's too small. Draymond's too small. You need a seven-foot-two guy out there. You're too small, Have Ernie. you not watched 90s basketball? <laughs> Come on. Heat allow they, they they allow uh the eighth highest field goal percentage at the rim, which is an improvement from other years because it used to be they allowed the highest field goal percentage at the rim. Teams just never got there. You don't get there. Who cares? Yeah, they don't get there. Uh they allow the most three point shots in the league uh by by percentage as well. So that's but you know, their their three point defense is good. Teams don't shoot a high percentage from three. They're 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 but they you know, they shoot a lot of them. So that's kind of the premise of Miami's defense. And that's been Eric Spolster's defensive scheme for the last few years. So, you know, they'll, they'll and Alf, we were saying how, you know, they're, uh, they've changed the way they've played since everybody went down. They've been a more mobile. They've changed their defense to kind of drop, show high, blitz, do all sorts of weird, funky shit, you know, some zone mixed in here and there. And, you know, Spo fucking magician for just changing their identity halfway through the season which by the way we haven't talked about this enough they basically got guys off the fucking street to come play for them got guys to buy into a system that's not easy right and a bunch of dudes who don't play like so when when yurt and marcus garrett and you know max and all these dudes are in training camp 
they're practicing the heat's normal scheme right now all of a sudden it's like okay all that shit we worked on in the summer forget about it new shit let's go with limited practice time due to covid and it's just fucking amazing like the shit that they've done is amazing and it's not for the fans to be like well, now we got to sign Kyle Guy and make you the starter. <laughs> that doesn't yeah, the point. Is, how is that? Like, how do you just watch this and just enjoy it and then come away thinking this is better than what we have? <laughs> what, what are you doing? Could you imagine going into the playoffs with fucking Kyle Guy? Time to trade Jimmy. We don't need him. We're winning without him. Our game is back. Kyle Guy is over. I saw someone say, uh, Kyle, uh, Kyle Guy deserves uh, playoff minutes. Why? <laughs> why does he deserve playoff I minutes? Who? I don't know. But like, why? What, what did he do? What did he do that he, that he deserves fucking playoff minutes? Yeah, that one game. One fucking game. And I like Kyle Guy. You see, this is what they fucking do to me. They make me say bad shit about these fucking guys that I like. I'm enjoying. I'm, I'm like, fucking Max Struess is awesome. Uh, Gabe Vincent, I used to hate on him last year. Having a having a fucking season of his life. Caleb Martin's a fucking find out of nowhere. Yurt looks great. Kyle Guy is fun. Even fucking Highsmith. Hey, look, it's fucking Highsmith. At least Those you person, know his name. I didn't know his name today. Fucking Chris, <laughs> well, I, I heard that. I was like, I was proud of you. Never gave I never gave these fuckers the trade machine. Chris, oh Silva. Chris Silva is the only one that's like, fucking A, bro. Come on. <laughs> but besides that, like, it's so much fun. And then everyone just fucking ruins it. Like after the we game, just beat oh. Phoenix by a million points, and then the timeline is like, well, you know, time to up uproot this team. Yeah, like oh, just train, just train, train, tell train, everybody train, off apart. Like I saw like a lot of Highsmith like takes, and I was like, come on, guys, <laughs> come on. He played like three and a half minutes a game, okay, and he just ran around. He was, I listen. I think he could he be a nice player, sure. But, like, what did he do that was so fantastic that people were like, oh, man, Not we here. gotta find a spot for Heisman. <laughs> Alf, Alf, did for you what? see that? Did you see that deal that somebody, like, on Lakers Twitter put up? They put up, like, <laughs> all their scrubs. It was, like, Ariza, Kendrick Nunn, THT, that white kid, what's his name? Austin Reeves. Yeah, for uh, for Jeremy Grant. I like Grant. more names than you. For Jeremy Grant, <laughs> and they're, oh, like, yeah. Lakers fans are like, no, no, we're giving too much. You know, you know what's funny about Lakers fans saying that shit? Every time they sign a bum off the street, whether it be Avery Bradley, Stanley Johnson, they're immediately plugged into the fucking starting lineup. Like immediately. <laughs> yeah. You don't you have nothing if Avery Bradley gets picked up two days before the season starts and is your starting shooting guard night one. You don't have there's nobody on your team that's too much to give up for Jeremy Grant. Like you, and that's you fucking crazy. Suck. And that's crazy because they have 30 roster spots filled. Well, how do they keep having rosters? You need to get rid of four guys. The NBA is eventually going to find out you have fucking 32 roster spots filled. Alf, that Every fucking, fucking day they're picking somebody up off the street. Alf, that team fucking sucks. So if you look at uh, like adjusted net rating, which is net rating that accounts for the strength of schedule, Lakers are eighth from the bottom right next to the beloved New York Knicks. Oh, yeah. Dude, like, they're bad. They fucking suck, dude. They're really fucking bad. And, and then fuck. He, by the oh, way, are, are fifth in adjusted net rating. Uh, only the Warriors, the Jazz, the Suns, and for some reason, the Cavs above them. The Cavs, hey, uh, they're good, good. Statistically, are fucking. They got bopped last night, though, by Clay. I would have hated to have been any team going in there for the Clay game. Yeah, you got it. Oh, yeah, nobody that was, was really cool. Did y'all see what Draymond Green did? Because I thought that was really cool. So Draymond, Draymond was hurt, couldn't really play. 
but like as a as a symbolic gesture to his teammate, you know, kind of you know, and like started the game just to be taken out immediately so that he can go through like the intros with Clay and everything, and that just hurts your per game stats. You know what I mean? Like yeah. most dudes won't do that. Like I don't know. I thought that was like a it was like probably a small thing, and maybe people are like, oh, whatever, you get paid millions, but. These dudes won't even take a half court shot because they don't want to hurt their percentages. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I thought that was I thought that was some cool shit. Yeah, it was. So, it's Dr- very Draymond ish. Yeah, Draymond did that, and every player on the Warriors sold up to the arena in the clay jersey. That's, yeah, that's that. fucking cool, dude. That's yeah, it's really cool. cool. That's a beloved dude, man. Like, yeah. you know, who who says something bad about Clay Thompson? Even other fan bases, like <laughs> everybody loves that dude. There's Jack. Jack, I mean, yeah. Jack. I feel like I feel like and Raptors fans love him because they owe him a championship. Oh, oh. I feel like uh I feel like the Heat have like some of that too. Like they have a fuck ton of fun. Like the the whole Jimmy middle finger with Mac thing, that was fucking hilarious. I love on on hot. You were saying like look at Tyler be mad and, and start laughing. Like they're just they seem like they're fun dudes, like they seem like they really fucking like each other. I don't know how much that matters, but <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> It does. It don't, they, they like each other because they're winning. It's really hard. You, no, you have to be three P hating each other. It doesn't yeah, you, matter at all. You have to be Kobe and Shaq to like win that much and hate each other. But it's like you, they made the finals. Yeah. But the thing is, you can win that much and hate each other only if you've done so much winning that now it's not a big deal anymore. Like, it's, yeah. oh, we've done a three P. Now it's more about, you know, my endorsement deals. Yeah, it makes it fun though. It certainly makes it fun when they're just when they're doing that shit. Look how much the fucking Heat hated each other in 2014. <laughs> fucking dude was now they talk about each other. Oh man, the good old day. Ray no. Allen hated Spo. Ray Allen hated Spo. Everyone fucking hated Chalmers. Chalmers hated everybody. Everybody was sick of Dwayne sitting out. Like bro, that 2014 <laughs> they fucking hated each other, and then now they talk so glowingly about it, they fucking despise each other. They were all and, sick of Spo. We didn't like them by the end of fucking 2000. Bro, we were done. I was so I sick. I couldn't wait for LeBron to leave. I can't even lie. <laughs> I said, I couldn't wait for LeBron to leave around that time. Damn, yo. I had to say that, but I was like sick of Richard. I was just sick of them. Batty. Because yeah, what like, happened is everybody started to, started to um, defer to LeBron and it just wasn't working. I knew it wasn't going to work and he was going to end up leaving anyway. So I was just over it. I was tired of the fans. I was like, fuck, I, Beasley's not going to fix this shit. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. The Beasley calls for Beasley. When you're calling for Michael Beasley in the NBA Finals, it's done. You're done. It's over. Like, ugh, I fucking hated that team. That was, like, one of the most miserable finals trips as a fan I've ever experienced. Like, I didn't like that team anymore. I was sick. They fucking looked miserable. I thought we were gonna win because remember they went they no. went one one tied and they had the whole fucking AC debacle. I was like, oh my god! I never is... thought they would win. Even I thought after that was the... heating five. Yeah, I, I I knew there was no chance. Yeah. I, I never thought they would Both, win because remember they were they were they were gonna win game one and then fucking AC broke. Yeah, and then they they bopped them on the road in game two. And, and they would have come like, back two zero and then we lost the next four. No, yeah, but like coming home, I'm like, oh, heating five. This is, this but the thing is, like, you can see when LeBron checks out. And so I saw that, and I just knew it was over. It wasn't even that. I mean, well, Dwayne was just so bad. I mean, we don't have to relitigate that. But um, yeah. I, I, what I did want to close the show on was something that happened on Saturday night that was really fucking funny, which was Eddie Johnson, the broadcaster oh from Phoenix, God. searching his name. Our oh. friend Leif, over at Five Reasons, tweeted out an innocuous... Eddie Johnson's really upset on the broadcast, or he keeps getting mad on something like nothing, right? 
And Eddie Johnson just quote tweets Leif and starts fucking going off on Heat fans and Heat. Tw- He's just, I mean, listen, nobody wants to watch their team take a fucking massive L like that. But this dude searched his name and is embarrassing himself. Suns Twitter is like, bro, we don't, we don't claim him. They're the Mar- they're doing the Mark Simpson meme. Alf, you saw that shit, dude. You can't be a, uh, you can't be a broadcaster and do the mad online thing, and like do the I'm not mad, I'm happy online thing is really <laughs> weird. Like, oh, why would I be mad? We have 30 wins. Why the fuck are you searching your name on Twitter if you're not mad? Like, you're obviously mad. Don't anybody who listened to the Suns broadcast, I didn't. But all the people who did were like, yo, this dude was just fucking upset. Talking about where do they find these guys, blah, blah, blah. Like, he was, he was, you could, but like, just come up to him, like, yo, hey, guys, I was pissed off. I love the Suns. But instead, like, oh, we got 30 wins. Why would I be mad? Shut up, bro. Like, everyone knows you're bad already. Like, you searched your name. I don't think I've ever done that. <laughs> and think- we, and we, he's the fucking team broadcaster. You know what I well, Eric Reed, Eric Reed, and Crotty would say we most likely. Like Ron Rothstein does it at halftime, and it always, oh, always jarring. It's so <laughs> jarring. <laughs> it's like imagine Ron Rothstein trying to hoop. He a coach with these dudes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like Ron Rothstein feels like he got up from the bench, walked upstairs to the <laughs> Will Manto. I'm like, oh, listen, He's I'm like, not in the locker room. These guys. Let me tell you what's going on on the bench, guys. Yeah. I think Eddie Johnson deleted the tweet to late, which is really funny. That makes it worse though. You gotta keep the tweets up. You gotta keep the tweets up. And cause he cause he told Leif, I don't even know who you are. Hit him with the hit him with the I don't even know who you are. Bro, why are you searching him then? <laughs> so weird. It's so weird. That was the There's biggest him. L Phoenix took. Like Suns fans were like, if it's not enough that we just got embarrassed by Duncan Robinson and the and Chris Silva. Now we have Eddie Johnson making a public mess of this. Just let's take the L and like go on into the night. Have you guys talked about Duncan at all and like how everyone needs to slow the fuck down on the whole Duncan thing? Like we've been saying this all year though. Yeah. But like but like all the people that were all up in arms about it, um, like they're quiet now. They're, they're, well, like, they're either quiet or saying, see, I told you he should come off the bench. Like, Yeah, that's, that's the move. That's the move from them. Dude, he was doing this in the starting lineup before he went to the bench. Like, it has, it, That has no bearing on any – because he was missing it's, open shots. Yeah, so, and the, the thing about the starting – whether you start or come off the bench, the only difference is the first six minutes of the game, and then it's just rotations from there. So it really just doesn't matter. It's rotations and matchups. And and Spo has shown you this season when it comes to Struce and Duncan, he's gonna play the hot hand. Yeah. And then when they're and both if- hot, they're fucking unstoppable. <laughs> like, so why would like, oh, we gotta trade Duncan, we got Struce. Why? Both of them when they when they're both hitting, unstoppable. Like, and like Duncan closed out the other night because he was a hotter hand. But Struce also had a good game. Like, it's okay, guys. Once again, don't kill the fucking bunny. No, trade Duncan. <laughs> or if Struce is, is cold, you play Kyle Guy. That's it. Oh, well, you got Kyle <laughs> Guy. What do you need Duncan for? I see people trading, like, Duncan and PJ for stuff. And I was like, what the fuck are we doing? And, How we trade PJ? Like, during a season where teams are so stripped down to where you signing guys like Haywood Highsmith, why are you looking to get rid of anybody? Oh, we got to consolidate. For what? Oh, they just find anybody they need. Why are you consolidating when you don't when you've already, you already see health is an issue? 
Like, you want to do a three-for-one kind of trade to backfill with Kyle Guy and Haywood Highsmith. Like, why are you doing that? Because you saw Kyle Guy hit 15, I mean, score 15 points in a game? Like, you saw Kyle Guy do that, and now you decided, oh, we need to trim our bench down and bring in Kyle Guy. Like, what are we doing? It's not just that. Every trade is for a fucking four. <laughs> Every trade I see is for a power forward. No, it's for, for a, a center. center. It's for a center to put. Ben. It's all John. I, I saw people wanting John Perfect Collins today. Next to Bam. And I'm like, John what Collins. does John Collins do for you, Frankie? Let's ask you because I haven't even. People were like trying to get John Collins. Shout out to the pool party. <laughs> I don't understand what Collins gives you. That's better than what PJ gives you for this team. I'm not saying Collins is better. Just for this team. Fit. They're not the big three heat that like LeBron and Dwayne can fix fit issues, right? Like, I don't really get it. I don't get it either. He doesn't fit. Like, you're going to be searching for what PJ gives you. Because who's guarding guarding Devin Booker when when you need him to? Who's guarding Durant? Yeah. (laughs) Good luck. Put Bam on Durant all game? Good luck. Good luck putting him on Giannis. Like, what yeah, are we shout doing? out to Tiff. Tiff's been saying no about John since last year. She, he's she and not I have a good defender. Yeah. He's, he's, he's really not. He doesn't fit here. And you know what happens? And this is not even a knock towards Heat fans because this applies to a lot of people. It's not necessarily a bad thing. People watch only the Heat, and then a name pops up in rumors. They look at this basketball reference really quick, and it's like, oh, look at his stats. He has to come here. It's That's not... That's not the way things work. On paper doesn't mean shit. We learned that from the Steve Nash Lakers. Like, we can't just go off that. We have to fit is really important. And nobody, I don't care what deal you make, nobody is going to fit better than P.J. Tucker. Also, just, why are we shipping Deadman off somewhere or to the end of the bench, out of the bro. rotation for you? Like, Deadman has been so good. And also, what about Keith? Yeah. Keith was awesome when before he went yeah. down. Keith's the one I'm worried about just because Caleb's been so good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. But uh, but here bodies though you matchup. No, yeah. you have these guys yeah. for matchups. If yeah, if a team wants to go big against you, if if there's you have a built-in playoff adjustment that you know works. You have but Caleb have security for injury too. Yeah. Like it's not and, a playoff matchup. You guys, some if one of these guys go down, look you look at the Bucks. Divincenzo goes down in, in the first round last year. He was there starting. A guard, and they had depth to back that up, and that and guys got more minutes in the back end who have been playing all season because of COVID, and and they were able to rely on them. Now we need so a I'm, I'm also, one I'm, trade in a position that was not of need right now. Yeah, so COVID season, like you need to the depth. <laughs> you need everybody. And, and you know I'm what? not worried about Caleb also, just because you can't really box him into a position. You just plug him in anywhere, he's going to get his job done. Yes, that's the value of wings, though. That's why I like yeah. wings that can play like a small ball four and shit because he, he could do anything. But, G, G, you've said this a number of times that if you're going to trade Duncan, which I don't have a problem with trading Duncan. Like, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, not like. I'm to not, I'm not, like these aren't all Duncan jerseys on the wall. Like, I'm okay, believe me. <laughs> but if you're going to trade him, you need to trade him for a wing. Yes. Uh, to me, a, like a two, three guy that could put pressure on the rim and shoot, shoot efficiently from three. And can guard up, guard down, like a very versatile player who I would trade Duncan for, not a four or a five. Like this doesn't make a lot of sense. There are two names that I think are going to be available that I would like, that I would be okay moving Duncan for for that fit. Obviously, Harrison Barnes, who I've talked about for years. The other one's Jeremy Grant, and yeah. 
I don't think that that's a, you're not going to be able to get in the game for those guys anyway with just Duncan Robinson. So that's just moot at this point. But those are really the only two guys because, like, we've talked about this the guys that are going to be available with so many teams in the play in and so many teams like really way more than Duncan Robinson. Yeah. And and there's, you know, the Bulls are going to be able to outbid you. And and by the way, (laughs) Detroit can just say, fuck it, I'm going to keep them and I'm going to sit on it till next year or the offseason where, you know, he'll have more value. Well, Kenny's always railing on the timeline against people talking about Duncan's contract. These people are not going to understand how regular run-of-the-mill Duncan's contract is until they tra- start <laughs> trying to play with the trade machine. And yep. you realize Duncan ain't making that fucking much money. You hear $90 million over five years. Oh, we're overpaid. You can't trade anybody decent for Duncan Robinson straight up. Anybody. Alf, the other Nobody's big, making $15 million a year this year that's going to be a game changer for your team. And the way that his contract structured is it jumps from year one to year two like a big. So right now he's really not making a lot, which allowed them to do a lot of things. One thing is stay under the cap because under the under the tax. And you may say, <laughs> oh, you know, I, every time I make a point, oh, you know, who cares about Mickey Harrison's money? Well, when they're going to be a repeater tax team, when that Tyler Hero extension kicks in, that he's going to be extension eligible this summer, you might have to be a tax team because you're going to have Jimmy, Bam, Lowry, and Tyler Hero, and maybe Duncan Robinson, right? You're going you're gonna to need to have not be a repeater tax team. So not being in the tax this year is really important for their future contention. So for everybody kind of complaining, and they can't trade Duncan for a guy with a bigger contract. That's one of the things that has to go out the window. And if you package Duncan and PJ, now you're getting rid of PJ, and I'm like, well, what are you doing? 40% of your starting lineup. Duncan and is the 84th highest contract in the league. Incorrect. No, According to Twitter, nobody makes more than Duncan Robinson. Nobody. That 90 million contract. You want to talk about some of the guys around, like right around Duncan's contract? Oh, it's, please do. Please. Torian Prince. <laughs> Yikes. Patrick Beverly, Thaddeus Young. Yikes. Those are the guys making money around that. Around Yikes. He's making Thad Young money, and people are upset. They're upset. Dude. Like, oh my God. He's a starting <laughs> shooting guard. Like, shooting guard. People just, there's just an obsession with somebody said in the chat, new toys. That's all it is because I think what happens is. People, and I don't even want to mention this name on the podcast, but people just have all these hot take Harryisms about players' value and all this stuff, and they completely ignore that player's value to the Miami Heat. Like, yeah, okay, people have this idea still that all Duncan does is shoot, which hasn't been true for two years. He he could be more consistent with his cutting and his putting the ball on the floor, but fine. But even if all Duncan can do is shoot, if you're one of the best shooters in the NBA – Saying all he can do is shoot is kind of undervaluing what he does. What's the slump or not? We know what he is. What are the best in the history of the NBA? Like we got to stop with this. Dunk, oh, Duncan's a good. Sh- no, no, he's historically great, great. Like historically great shooter. Like I think, like a hundred threes, two hundred threes, three hundred threes, four hundred. Like every hundred threes, he's the fastest. To, he's hit. He's the fastest to hit all these marks in in the history of the NBA. In the history, like we're talking about Clay, Steph, Reggie Miller, Ray Allen. He hits those benchmarks in less games than any of these other guys. I'm not saying he's as great a player as those other guys that I named, but when I talk about just pure three-point shooting, historically, he's one of the best of all time. Do you want to know some players that Duncan has more threes than this year? Go ahead. Zach Levine. 
Anthony no, Edwards. These are lies. Bogdanovich, <laughs> number one offense in the league. Jason Tatum. Evan Fournier, the savior of New York City. Lonzo Ball, the dude that everybody wanted over Duncan because they said we shouldn't pay Duncan, we should pay Lonzo. Carmelo Anthony. Trey Young. He has more threes made than Trey Young this season. That Damian Lillard. Duncan has hit more threes than Damian Lillard. He's hit more threes than, check notes, Tyler Hero. Devin These Booker, are all lies. Mike Conley, LeBron lies. James. Kevin Love, James Harden, Eric Gordon was having a fantastic year. Seth Curry, CJ McCollum, all dudes that Duncan has shot more. And again, volume's not everything, but he's a good shooter. His average, his you know, water reaches his limit, Eric. He's he's coming up to being an elite shooter. The numbers are getting elite again. He hits a ton of threes. He's always a threat. He's always moving. He's a really good fucking basketball player. Who, by the way, out of all their white guy shooters, out of the Tres Leches, which is a new nickname for <laughs> Strews, yes. Duncan, and Tyler, he's the best defender of the Tres Leches. Frankie, which Leche is Duncan of the Tres Leches? <laughs> which is leche? he the condensed milk? Is he the – what is he? Uh, I don't know. You put me on the spot there. I know. There whole I milk? just, I just I, thought if of there's it. whole milk. He's definitely whole milk. <laughs> yeah. This is the <laughs> evaporated and then uh, Tyler would be condensed. But I, I was just looking at the, uh, like, I, like we've talked a lot about other shooters that have been struggling this season. Bradley Beal shooting 29.8%. Like Luca's shooting 31.8. Paul George is shooting 32.3. Damian Lillard's 32.4. Kyle's at 32%. There's a lot of shooters who are Tatum's at 33%, Hardaway's at 33%. There's a lot of shooters who are historically good shooters who are struggling this season. See, no, no, only Duncan's struggling. Only Duncan, you're lying. You're lying. Russell's 34%. Fake news. Mitchell's 34%. Like, Wrong. a lot of shooters who are shooting bad this season. Fake Tiff news. Tiffin chat says Max is coconut milk. Okay. <laughs> so the so the tres leches are evaporated milk, sweetened condensed milk, and whole milk. So you're saying that I Duncan got, I got it. Is the whole, whole milk, milk is Duncan because he's the whitest. Yeah. Um <laughs> condensed uh, the evaporated milk is Max because you know he's not all white. Yeah. And then condensed milk is Tyler because you know the moves are sweet. <laughs> there we so- go. We fucking got it. So Did you see you know, the, the comment, uh, Jimmy and the 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 white guy, Jimmy and Trace Leche says coffee con leche. <laughs> uh, Cartagena says Kyle is 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 four leches. So if, have you ever heard of cuatro leches, which is at the top dulce de leche, right? It's like a Ooh. caramel. Oh, you know that's uh, that's like kind of more, like sweet. that'd be more Tyler Johnson, but Kyle would. Be <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I cannot believe we did a, a deuces bit unironically where we're naming Harry. You know, real ones know. Shout out to the podcast. <laughs> but I, I do have to speak on because all this Duncan talk still, for whatever reason, is going on is because he had a slump in November, which he's completely out of. We've seen, but you got to understand right now, which the Heat benefited from Steph Curry, without a doubt, greatest shooter of all time. I don't. There's nobody you can put in the conversation with him. He's been having a horrible month or so now. I think he's at 36% in this past however many games. Death for the season is at 38.7. Like, Tyler's yeah, and so, and stuff. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's just like you can't just be so hard on your own team's players and not look around the league for what's going on. Shooter slump. It happens. Look yeah, at Steph, I mean, Dame, but the, the, CP. The why, but why it gets glaring with Duncan is because 
people think he doesn't do anything else. And there are games where he's not hitting and he literally does nothing else. Yeah. yeah. And he hurts you. He, the, 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 I, I, I think the defense is always pretty standard, but the fact that there's times when he's not hitting and he doesn't put the ball on the floor, doesn't create for others. But there are times where he's not shooting well. He puts the ball on the floor and creates for a guy like Max or creates for a guy like Kyle. He does stuff, but it is true. When Steph is slumping, he does a lot of other things to help your team. Yeah, we saw that time again. Yeah, when, exactly. When Duncan is slumping, it's glaring because there's not a lot of other things. They're shooters do, first. Or is he asked to do? They're yeah. shooters first, and that's really – I mean, they have other functions in the offense, but they all revolve around their skill as a shooter. But right. it was also in the beginning of the season, they were so reliant on Duncan shooting for, for offense as a whole. Now they – you know that like they've taken a lot of the pressure off of them. But honestly, running the Frankie, were they? Shooters. Yeah, they were, were running. They were they? like in twenty nineteen. Yeah, in twenty nineteen. Yeah, last and year. Last, last year. year. But I this, thought you were talking about beginning of this year because no, 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 this year, they, they were kind of forcing the handoff. But offense, no, I think he was forcing. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, he was. Like, they they yeah, both yeah. the starting lineup, just like the starting lineup. Okay, like, I, I give that. He was kind of pressing himself. He he was slumping there, but that's. But I, when the guys started, we started missing guys, and they had to t- start mixing how they played. He started shooting better. The pressure was off him. Max is shooting better. Gabe shooting better. It wasn't all like there were a lot of games where we're like, shit, are they? Are he gonna hit 15 threes for the game? Are they gonna hit 12 threes for the yeah, game? Yeah, well, the whole team, the whole team was just shooting. Nobody could well. shoot. Yeah. Kyle couldn't shoot nobody. But now, like everybody's hitting. The ball's moving really well. Like it's not all like that was the secret to the bubble team is that they had like four or five guys that shot 40% that year. Like there were a lot of guys who were hitting and threats. And last year, nobody could hit threes. Duncan slumped for the first half of the season. Uh, Kelly was goddamn awful. Uh, none couldn't hit shit. Goran was a, more to his career averages. Like everybody dropped down. Like this team, when they're more balanced offensively and they have got more guys contributing from three, and it's not all Duncan dependent, because Tyler uh, uh, slumped last year too. He had he shot a, a career back. Uh, Tyler was slumping before the Phoenix game. Yeah, right. yeah, he hadn't been playing well. He's he. Uh, I mean, because his shot selection was fucking putrid. Why is Chad talking about Dragic? Did something? Did something happen with Goran? I think there's this, this one guy who repeated. There's himself. one guy. Who- oh, yeah, because he just asked <laughs> twice, and I was like, "Did Dragic like?" But I got a shout out. Uh, e five arrow is in the chat. He has been pretty. active all night. Oh yeah, that dude's awesome. You. Yeah. Thank you for all the love, man. Okay, so uh, we we can leave on this because we're running on time. I saw this tweet. I wanted to bring it up. I started laughing about it mid-show. It's a New York Nick Twitter uh, putting <laughs> a future Nick duo, Westbrook and Julius Randle. Somebody then quote tweets it and says, oh, Madison Square Garden is going to sound like the beaches of Normandy. <laughs> <laughs> 